You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. And Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live exclusively here on octalkradio.net. We're broadcasting from their state-of-the-art studios in the Tech Space facility in Costa Mesa, California. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and The Center Club. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, of CEOs of middle market firms to make better business decisions. We do that by interviewing peer executives and thought leaders who have experiences and knowledge that we believe will benefit you by learning from them. So let's turn our attention to our guest today, Larry Sternberg, who is president of Talent Plus. Larry, welcome to the program. Thanks. I'm real pleased to be here. Larry, you've been on the show a few times before. I wonder if you could give our audience just kind of a brief refresher of your background, what you do, and a little bit about Talent Plus. Certainly. I, I have, a, have a rather eclectic background. I, uh, I was a lawyer for a number of years in Washington, D.C., and I decided to switch careers. I, I wound up in the hotel business and I spent quite a number of years in the hotel business, uh, occupying a lot of different positions from uh, general manager of Ritz-Carlton Hotel to uh, vice president of human resources of a couple of different hotel companies. And uh, now I've been with Town Plus for more than 14 years. You know, we had you on earlier uh, this year, and we had to have you back because there were some unfinished business and some topics that came up that the audience was interested in us spending a little bit more time on. So, you know, when we when we left off the last time, we discussed what your company does to engage their employees and promote a better work ethic environment. I wonder now if we could talk about what CEOs, leaders, and managers do that put off their employees. Yes, I'm, uh, I've been thinking about that since the last time we talked, and uh, I'm, I'm anxious to discuss it. I want to state as background that Talent Plus studies top performers, and in particular, we've been studying leaders for more than 30 years, and we have more than 30,000 interviews in our database of leaders, and we've tracked those. So what I'm sharing here is what we have learned from interviewing highly successful leaders in a variety of walks of life, from successful military leaders, uh, leaders of nonprofit organizations, to leaders of large, small, and medium-sized organizations. So this is not just some you know, fantasy I made up. This is how we learn these things. Okay. Uh, Thank you. So... Let me, I, I've got them separated out into do's and don'ts. Okay, good. So let me talk about the don'ts here. Don't 
criticize individuals in public. Um, if, if you want people to be disengaged, criticize them in public and do it frequently. Uh, don't talk negatively about people in their absence. This is a this is a pretty common pastime. People go out after work and they're they're enjoying their the company of their associates and they they kind of get into a they do a sort of roast and it's generally good natured but they they start roasting various people at the company and those are negative comments and the the people who listen to those comments might not remember where they heard this negative statement about a particular individual, but they do remember that there's something not so good about that, that individual. It creates a, a negative impression that lasts, uh, and, and so people need to stop doing that. Don't ignore your top performers. This is another common mistake. Supervisors at any level, whether it's the C-suite level or whether it's the frontline supervisor, often focus on the people who are their weak players. And the top performers go begging for attention. And they'll actually say sometimes, thank God you're so good, I don't have to spend any time with you. And so if you don't invest time building that relationship, uh, your top performers are, are going to disengage. Don't play favorites. We've heard this one a lot. But it's an important one, and we do hear it from top executives we study. Uh, don't play favorites. Don't carry poor performers instead of dealing with the person and the issue. This is also something that is commonly done. Poor performers are carried, and all the rest of the employees are looking to the leader and saying, you need to do something about this. This person is not carrying their weight on the team, and it's your job to do something about it. And the, the longer you let it go, the less respect people have for you as a leader. And again, this causes them to disengage. And it's often difficult, it's often painful, but it's important to get these poor performers out of that position because it's not kind to them either. If you leave somebody in a position where they are not going to win, where they're not going to be successful, they know it first. When somebody is failing, they know it before their supervisor knows it. It is not kind to leave somebody in a situation where they're not going to achieve success for themselves. So it's not kind to anybody. It's not kind to your customers either. Uh, don't, uh, don't micromanage. Again, if you start micromanaging, people will disengage. I absolutely guarantee it. Don't accept mediocre performance. Top performers don't want a coach or a leader that says good enough is good enough. <laughs> they want leaders who demand excellence. I mean, Stephen Jobs made a big deal about this all the time. Top performers want leaders who have expectations of outstanding performance. And if I'm your boss and I place an expectation on you that you are going to achieve great things, first of all, this means I believe you can achieve great things. If I lower my expectations, that's showing that I don't really believe you've got what it takes. Right. Uh, and, of course, we all know that research has shown that the expectation of a leader does, in fact, have an impact on how people perform and behave. So low expectations brings about mediocre performance, and high expectations will actually bring about uh, better performance. Uh, don't blame people when things go wrong. 
um, too much blaming goes on, and right. it's public blaming. We want to know who we should hold accountable, and 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 so forth, and. That just doesn't, that'll disengage people. You're looking for a scapegoat. You're looking for somebody to blame. You're looking for somebody to hold accountable. Uh, that disengages people. Right. Don't take credit for others, uh, other ideas. You know, there are too many supervisors who are insecure, and they don't want to give credit to one of their direct reports who has come up with a great idea, so they, they go offline and they present it as their own idea. Yeah, that could uh, be, and, uh, I think that's... Uh, they're all sins. I hear you saying these are all. This is a really good list of don'ts, Larry. And and I, I'd like to suggest that we're going to take a short commercial break, and then I want to come back and 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 continue this discussion about building an engaged workforce. Larry Sternberg, who's president of Talent Plus, is sharing a little bit about what he knows and his firm knows from you know extensive research and understanding how you build an engaged workforce. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in two minutes with Larry Sternberg. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else. And that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News & World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. And it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News & World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. Welcome back to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. 
Larry Sternberg, who's president of Talent Plus, is my guest today. And during the first segment, Larry was sharing a bit about the don'ts for leaders to avoid things not to do so that you don't disengage your employee population. Larry, that's quite a list. Do you have any other don'ts? Oh, I do. Uh, because there, there's just so many of them. Here's, here's a great one. Don't walk your talk. You want employees to disengage? Don't walk your talk. Uh, don't keep your commitments. Don't have an open-door policy. Don't listen to your employees' ideas. Don't thank them when they do a good job. And, and don't reward outstanding experience. Treat everybody the same, whether they're performing with excellence or whether they're performing mediocre. Uh, don't encourage people to have fun at work. Um, they'll disengage rather rapidly. Uh, and this one might seem contrary to popular notions, but if you want people to disengage, don't develop close personal relationships with them. The best leaders we have studied, including leaders in the military, where uh, some of us might might have a misconception that uh, leaders don't want to get close to their enlisted men, uh, it couldn't be it couldn't be farther from the truth. Even in the military, great leaders know that the closer relationships you have with your subordinates, the easier it is for you to get them to do what you need them to do. We interviewed a captain of an aircraft carrier, uh, and this is a big responsibility, and he said, if you think that when I need five more knots on this ship, if you think I can get it without having a close relationship with the guys in the engine room, you don't know how a ship works. Larry, I have to ask you that the the list of don'ts, which could also then, I guess, be the list of do's, uh, but the list yeah, of exactly. don'ts to that up to that point to me seemed uh, clearly obvious. The, the personal relationship one, though, I, I'm having, I'm sure some people in our audience are wondering, well, wait a minute, that that doesn't that make that harder for me not to appear like I'm playing favorites? Doesn't that make it harder for me to judge, you know, just manage them on their performance? And I mean, how do you do both? Uh, here's how you do both. Who do, you, you can only spend time and you can only develop personal relationships with a handful of people. There's only 24 hours in the day. And you have to invest time to develop close personal relationships with people. So our recommendation at Talent Plus is do that with your top performers. Spend more time getting to know your top performers, uh, developing those relationships. You will find that if you invest time on your top performers, their performance is going to improve counterintuitively. Your top performers have more potential for improved performance than your poor performers do. Your poor performers may have more room, but your top performers have more potential. This is why when they do the NFL draft every year, they draft the best players in the league because they know those are the players who have the most potential to continue to improve to become great NFL players, not the worst players on those college teams. So you make a distinction. Yeah, and, and you don't do this for frivolous reasons. You don't develop, you don't 
pay attention to somebody because you like the way they dress or they're, you know, married to your cousin or whatever. You start paying attention to people because of their performance. So you start making the distinction where top performers are the ones who earn your attention and the other people are going to get attention from other people in your organization. But you as the senior leader will be well served to develop close relationships with your top performers. And if your company is too big and there are too many top performers, then you do it with the ones who report directly to you and possibly the occasional one who's a superstar who, who merits some time and attention from you. So you get to know them. This helps you retain them and this helps you get engaged. Larry, I'm wondering, how do, what would be your advice for a CEO of a middle market company who says, okay, how do I, that all makes sense to me. How do I do that while not making people think I'm playing favorites then? You are playing favorites, but they're playing favorites based on performance. And we recommend playing favorites based on performance. Oh, okay. If you're my top salespeople, you're my favorite. If you are my top service person, you're my favorite. As long as the favoritism is based on performance, I'm just fine. I, I, uh, I once had, when I was a general manager in a hotel, uh, I had a pastry chef who was one of the best pastry chefs in the world. And we had direct evidence from interviewing meeting planners that they booked meetings in our hotel and their decision point was Eric's desserts. It was, it was the reason they would book conferences in our hotel. And so I sent him to a variety of seminars, that, uh, training programs that he wanted to go to to be a better pastry chef. And other employees would come to my office and say, Larry, you, we know you're spending a lot of money on Eric. Uh, why don't you spend that money on me? And I would say to them, listen, when you add the kind of value to this hotel that Eric has added, you come in and tell me what you want. I have objective evidence about the value this guy is adding. So I'm happy to do something for you, but you have to earn it. So, so you're saying, it, um, the other thing that I'm hearing then is it's okay to let people know who's exhibiting the behavior that you want to see more of in the organization based on rewarding top performers with that personal element. And it's also okay not to treat everybody on your staff the same way. That's right. That's exactly right. That's my message. Okay. Now I understand it. Okay. Are there any more do's or don'ts to, for leaders to be aware of? One, one that isn't on either of these lists is if you want people to be more engaged, treat them individually. Don't treat them all the same. Don't treat a person like they're a commodity where if you need a chair, any chair that's, that's functional will do. People are each unique. And the best leaders that we have studied respond to the uniqueness as a person and they'll just they'll just spontaneously say well george over here needs me to listen to him uh, but surely needs me to make sure i'm praising her uh, frequently because otherwise she'll start to become disengaged and uh, and harry over here needs needs a boot in the butt once in a while 
for him to maintain his engagement. They just naturally see the uniquenesses of people. So they respond to people according to their uniquenesses, and those uniquenesses include what they need to be engaged and to be at their best in the workplace. So instead of treating everybody exactly the same way, you start to see people according to their uniquenesses, and you respond through the framework of their needs rather than treating everybody the same way. And I'll, I'll give you a very, very concrete example of what I'm talking about. This is just a, a, a small example. But suppose somebody has, has performed well and has earned from the company a gesture of recognition. Now, you can go out and get a plaque. You can go out and get some generic thing and, and recognize people that way. But if instead you have close enough relationships or this person's supervisor, if they're way down the chain from you, if somebody has a close enough relationship with this individual to know, well, what are their interests? And suppose this individual is interested, for instance, in fly fishing. If I get this person some item of recognition that is related to fly fishing, which I know he's passionate about, I am, he is going to be, this is going to have more meaning for him. He is going to be more thankful about this because he's going to be saying to himself, well, they don't give this to everybody. They were really thinking about who I am and what would be meaningful to me. And this, this gesture of recognition, wow, this blows me away. And this one simple thing, if, if organizations choose to implement something like this, which means you have to get every supervisor has to get to know his or her direct reports. But if you do that, you can spend less money on recognition and get a whole lot more engagement for your buck. So uh, Larry, if you individualize if you, it. If you have an employee who you're unclear about what motivates them, would you would you say it's okay to ask them? I'm gonna you're oh, gonna, you did an outstanding job. What is it that we could offer to you that would really be important to you? Absolutely, and I'll give you a couple of uh, accompanying questions. You can ask, I won't count them, I think there's three, but we'll see how many come out here. You can ask, number one, what successes would you like to be recognized for? What contributions are you making that you'd like to be recognized for? In many, many cases, an employee is making contributions that, for whatever reason, their supervisor or their boss's boss happens to be unaware of. Mm -hmm. And so we can say when, so what contributions do you want to be recognized for? What form of recognition is most meaningful to you? Because some people don't like to be recognized in public. Right. I once gave a department head a huge amount of public recognition. She she had done an extraordinary job, and I, I went out and got her an Hermes scarf because I knew she loved those Hermes scarves, and it gave her a couple of other mementos of her achievement, and I did this in front of the entire staff, and as soon as the staff meeting was over, she marched right in their office, and she said, don't do that again. Hmm. Yeah, I She didn't give me the scarf back, by the way, right. uh, but she said, she said, what I would prefer is if you just quietly come come into my office and thank me and, and, and present these things to me. But I really don't like to do that in front of a large group of people. And, of course, I never did that again. And I should have known enough about her that I, I shouldn't have made that mistake in the first place. 
So you, you have to individualize these things. And then the third question is, when you're successful, who would you like to know about it? Who, who should I inform? And I have several employees here at Town Plus who, when I asked them that question, they said, my parents. Really? Uh, one, person here, one person here said, my fiancé. Oh, yes. And I will tell you something. I, and what's the form of recognition? I handwrite their parents a brief letter wow. saying, I just want to tell you how, what a difference your daughter is making here at Talent Plus to our company and to our clients and whatever the difference is that they're making. But it's, it's almost always to the clients and to the company. And, and then I say what it is. And I say how thankful we are. But I don't tell the employee when I do it because I know that sooner or later their parents are going to tell them and it's going to come as a nice surprise. Uh, but it, sometimes they say, I want the chairman of the board to know. Happy to do it. And, and ideally I wait until the chairman is walking through their, their workspace and I just stop. And we have co-chairmen, so uh, I, I stop one of them. And I say, by the way, just let me take you a minute here and tell you what a great job Shirley is doing here. She just did X, Y, and Z. And I just wanted you to know that. I can tell you Shirley is, is walking two feet off the ground for the rest of the day. And your these point don't that these reward systems. Yeah, Larry, these, your point earlier was these reward systems, when they're genuine and, and appropriate, don't have to cost a lot. A letter uh, sent home to a person's parents, that's about as inexpensive as you can get, but I, I can see how that would be such a motivator. And all you got to do is ask people. Uh, you know, if a department has made a great achievement recently, you don't have to have champagne and caviar. <laughs> you can have milk and cookies. The point is, it's a celebration. It, the specifics aren't so important. Hey, Larry, we're going to take uh, – Can you? I'd like you to stay with me through the next uh, segment. I have a couple other questions I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, I'd like you to stay with us. I'm talking with Larry Sternberg, who is the president of Talent Plus. We're talking about employee engagement. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you if you can share from your firm's perspective and your professional perspective why it's so important for small and mid medium-sized companies to – worry about and have employee engagement in their firm. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else, and that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News & World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs, and it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News & World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at Brandman.edu. That's Brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business -business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, 
middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. You have been listening. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our program may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our show. We delivered over 20,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions last month. To learn more, contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. All of our shows can be found from our website, criticalmass4business.com. Larry Sternberg is our focus guest today here on Critical Mass Radio Show. He is the president of Talent Plus. Uh, in the first couple segments, we talked about the do's and don'ts of leaders to help you build employee engagement. Larry, from your firm's perspective and your professional experience, why is employee engagement so important to small and middle market firms? I'm going to start. There, there are a number of reasons. But I'm going to start with something that isn't as frequently discussed as I think it should be. And that is the concept of discretionary effort. In any given day, week, month, every single human being is presented with opportunities where they have the discretion to focus their efforts on one thing or another thing where they can make the decision. The easiest way to see this discretionary effort is when some unfortunate disaster occurs and you see how many people all of a sudden can donate their time in volunteering. That's discretionary effort. They're making a decision how they're going to focus their time and effort during this period of time. And in any, any given day, all of your employees have discretionary effort. They can decide how to use it. And when they decide to devote that discretionary effort, to the success of a company, they will work harder and they will be more loyal and they will go the extra mile 
for your customers. They'll go the extra mile to make sure the quality of their product or service is correct. They'll go the extra mile to take care of a customer where other organizations won't. If employee is disengaged, good enough is good enough. But if an employee is engaged, you're going to capture their discretionary effort. And good enough will no longer be good enough. They will put that effort in, in where the, the owner of the business wants it, moving it toward the success of the business. You know, uh, they won't it, be surfing the Internet. They won't be doing that stuff. They'll, they'll make a decision to add some value over here. And what's going to happen then is your employees will, uh, if they're more engaged, they'll be more loyal. They'll put out that discretionary effort. They'll work harder. They'll care more about you and about your customers. And all of your metrics will move. Your customer satisfaction, moving up to customer loyalty, that wherever, wherever you are on that scale, that'll get better. When customer loyalty gets better, you have more repeat business. You have better word of mouth. All of your metrics will move if you increase the engagement of your employees. How do you respond to this statement if a CEO says, but Larry, I've done all these things, I believe, to the best of my ability with great intention, and there's just a couple people on my staff who don't give discretionary effort. I, I, I don't know how. I've tried everything, and I can't build engagement in their approach to the, to the job. Have you ever seen that? Oh, sure. Of course. And one of the things we recommend, the very first thing is, let's see if we can understand why. Let's sit down with the employee and just see if we can understand why are you not putting in this effort? Why aren't you working harder? Why is it that you didn't do it here and you didn't do it here? The first thing is, in a very human and caring way, let's find out why. I once had a conversation. I was visiting a a uh, Ritz-Carlton hotel, and I, I had an assignment there to, to help them out, and I was talking to a, a particular employee, and they weren't very engaged. And I started to ask why, and immediately this young man said to me, I'm a night person. I don't do well early in the morning, and they've put me on a schedule to open this department at 5 a.m. I don't function well at 5 a.m., uh, and I said, well, how can I help you? He said, get me a night shift. <laughs> and I went and talked to his supervisor, and, and sure enough, there was a slot open on the night shift. She moved into the night shift, and she had a whole different employee there. Um, so, and there's a variety of reasons that we can't anticipate. So the first thing is, let's see if we can find out why this employee hasn't engaged. Maybe they don't like their supervisor. Maybe, 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 maybe. We just don't know. So that's the first thing to find out why. There are people who just don't like to work hard. There are people who don't want to be engaged. And there are people who, despite all of our best efforts, just won't be remotely as engaged as we want them to. And so after you've discovered why and you've tried again, you've tried to meet that person's needs, and they're still not engaging, you fire them. How do you, okay? I, I'm glad to hear that because I, I, um, 
I'm sure there are people in our audience either listening live or in the future as a podcast from iTunes or Stitcher.com who feel, you know, I give so much to try to build this engagement in my employees, and I, I worry that a couple bad apples, if, they, if I can use that term, Larry, spoils the intention of the CEO for the rest of the group. You know, you, you, you can't please all the people all the time, and maybe there are just some people that are not good fits for your culture, and the best thing to do is to have them out of your culture is what you're saying. Absolutely. We couldn't agree more. I think, I think you summed it up very nicely. They are bad apples. They will contaminate. If they don't fit in the culture, then the kindest thing you can do for them, for your customers, and for your staff is release them. Maybe there's a culture they fit in better. Maybe there's someplace else. But what you know is they're not going to be engaged in your culture. And after, on the moment you look, get up on any given morning and look in the mirror and say, I have tried my best. I've not been able to help this person be engaged. It's time to call it. And you can do this compassionately. You don't have to be angry at them. You, you can do it with compassion, but you do it. You say, you know what? This is not working out. I think it's time for you to move on. Larry, I know that you uh, write and contribute to a blog. It's called the Leadership Laboratory. I'm wondering if you'd tell us a little bit about what you write about, if maybe some of what we've talked about here today on the radio show or concepts that are on your blog. But give us a sense for what's on your blog. Well, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, the theme of the blog is investigating be best practices to retain, motivate, and develop top performers. And, and that also includes making sure they're highly engaged. That's the theme of the blog. And I post on the blog things like we're talking about now that we've learned that we believe are best practices. And I would love anybody who reads the blog to contribute their best practices and even say, you know what, Larry, on, on a couple of blog posts ago, you suggested that people do this, and I tried it, and it bombed. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, dialogue is good. Different points of view help people learn. One of the fundamental premises of this blog is that as a leader, you're in the laboratory every day. You get to try things, and then, then you get to see your own results. And my mantra is, don't listen to me. Don't listen to any other guru on leadership and management. Listen to your results. If what you're doing in your culture is getting you the results you want, do more of it. If what you're doing is not getting the results you want, you need to try something different. And given that everybody has a unique leadership style, what works for one leader in that culture might not work for another leader because that just doesn't fit their style. So everybody has to be in their laboratory but be brutally honest with themselves about what they're doing that's working and what they're doing that's not working and do some experiments. Try some different things. If they don't work for you, don't continue them. So if so we want to find your I'm... leadership what? laboratory blog, how do we find it online? It's leadership laboratory it's all one word, dot wordpress.com. And I see that your most recent 
or a recent post was on empowerment. So, okay. So there are, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I would encourage you to find that blog. And if you've enjoyed our conversation that we've had today with Larry Sternberg, who's president of Talent Plus, that is a good way to get on a regular uh, stream of consciousness and thoughts. And I guess he wants an engaged uh, community, so don't be bashful, right? Comment. Thank you very much. Uh, it's, that's the way... That's the way people learn, and despite my passion, I am, am keenly aware that I have plenty to learn and that I don't know everything. And, and I know that the people who are listening have many points they could contribute to this conversation uh, that would add to our understanding of how you create an engaged workforce. And that's why I love it when people comment. The more points of view we have, the more options we give people that fit their own style, the more we're going to help people grow. I agree. I agree. I think diversity of thought and conversation, we all, that's why we do the radio show, because it gives a chance for people to hear a different perspective and learn from one another. I, I think experience is the best teacher, and uh, others' lessons are instructional as well. Uh, before I let you go, Larry, I wonder if you could tell us if someone wants to learn more about Talent Plus, which we just briefly touched on, but you know, you're the president of that organization, how do they find Talent Plus online? Uh, www.talentplus, it's all written out, T-A-L-E-N-T-P-L-U-S.com. I want to thank you for coming back and being so gracious with your time and, and uh, helping us to understand the do's and don'ts of building an engaged workforce and the importance of that. Uh, you're a great guest, Larry. You never, uh, you always deliver great content. You never disappoint. And I want to thank you again for being such a friend of the program. Well, thank you very much. It's certainly my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. That's Larry Sternberg, ladies and gentlemen, president of Talent Plus. Uh, this is Rick Franzi. I'll be right back after these commercial words, and uh, we'll be right back here to Critical Mass Radio Show after these words from our commercial sponsors. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. 
Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. Our focus guest today was Larry Sternberg, who is the president of Talent Plus, and we talked about employee engagement. I hope you enjoyed the broadcast. I'd also like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who downloaded our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,000 shows during the last 30 days. I and we here at the program appreciate your continued support. I'd like to thank today our engineer, Paul Roberts, here in the studio, our producer, Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator was Kathleen Shepard. Our social media manager, who is doing an outstanding job, is Asia Celestino. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or you'd like to refer a future guest or advertise on our radio program, visit our website, criticalmassforbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 